Hello there, I'm Beth Kempton and this is the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. I created this podcast as a place to explore some of life's big questions and the smaller details that lead us towards happier, more fulfilled lives. I love nothing more than a thought-provoking conversation with a fascinating person who's living in accordance with what matters most to them. And I'm delighted to share those conversations with you. As for me, I'm the founder of Do What You Love, which helps people find what lights them up and pursue that in work, business and life. You can find out more at dowhatyoulovefullife.com. I'm also author of two books. Freedom Seeker is a book about making the most of life and flying free, and that's out now. And then Wabi Sabi, Japanese wisdom for a perfectly imperfect life. That's available for pre-order from our friends at Amazon and all good independent bookshops. I wrote both of them for you. And so, are you ready? Let's dive in. Today's guest, Marianne Wagner, has one of the most extraordinary jobs you can imagine. She's a soul counsellor with a unique ability to connect with human souls and those of animals. The truth is, I'm not sure I would have believed that this was actually possible had I not directly experienced her incredible work. Get ready to have your mind blown. Marianne is a very special woman. Hello, Marianne. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to you today because your area of work is something that I knew absolutely nothing about until I met you. And to be completely honest, you blew me away with your skills and expertise. So I really hope that we can introduce that to all of our listeners today. So I think it's appropriate to start by saying, what is it that you do for work? (laughs) Well, um, I call what I do soul counselling. And what I do is connect with a person's soul, whether they're living or past, and to the souls of animals, cats, dogs, and horses. And I share what is best for their growth and healing um, with my with my sessions. And and hopefully that's what people get is a is a real sense of a better confidence stepping into their own journey. So, wow. Um, how how does that work? Like practically with my logical brain here, talk me through it. What What is it that you, that you do and what does a, a session with you look like? What's the experience for the person in the session? So basically what it, what it looks like for me is basically I just go into a quiet space, uh, a quiet room in my house and I put on sound cancelling headphones and I put on a a kind of eye mask beanbag to block out as much external things as possible. And then I just invite the soul that somebody is wishing to connect to, to um, share with me. That's as extensive as the process is, I guess. Um, And then a session with me, basically somebody will um, email me, set up a session Sometimes they have specific souls that they want to connect to. Sometimes it's just about themselves. Sometimes um, they will have very specific questions and sometimes they leave it completely open to just see what is shared. Um, and then what I do is I just 
do the connecting and I prefer to do it on my own. I have done it many on many occasions where uh, I've been speaking to the person on the telephone and been connecting with the souls at the same time. And I've chosen not to continue doing it that, that way because I feel like it's very important for people to hear what is shared and understand what is shared and be very clear on that. And it also helps to keep, you know, often these sessions are very emotional. And so it helps to keep the emotion at a somewhat of a a lower sort of more relaxed level. And so I do the connecting on my own and then I'll call up the person and we will speak for about an hour or so and I share what has been shared with me. And then I always like the person to go away um, and sleep on that, at least take a few days to, you know, to kind of really absorb and take a little time for their own intuition um, to, to be able to sort of kick in. And then I invite them to, um, to kind of ask any other questions that they have. And it doesn't have to be about anything that we spoke about in the first session. It may be that as a consequence, there were other things that bubbled up that they realized were were just as important and just as valid. And so I invite them to, you know, um, send me any other questions that they have. And again, I'll go in on my own and do the connecting and then speak to them again. And so it's a, I split the session up like that into two parts because it feels much more complete than trying, particularly with what I think is very big, topics, you know, the the loss of a child, uh, the loss of somebody to um, suicide, that type of thing. I think that to try to, to, sorry, to try to cram that into just one, um, one session often doesn't feel complete because I think that you're left sometimes with more questions. So that's, that's basically what, what my soul counseling sessions uh, are like. It's so fascinating. And I want to um, come on to talking about the actual experience of that um, in a bit because I've had one of your amazing sessions and um, also uh, some of the the things that you've learned about life based on what you've um, you know been told or shown in your sessions. But before that, I'd just like to talk a bit about you and your life. Is this this path, is this something that you've always known was for you? It's something that I've always known, but I don't know that um, I certainly didn't. I was a bit reluctant to choose it for myself. Uh, My earliest memories are of connecting with souls at, you know, three, four years old. um, And that felt far more familiar to me than the actual um, life that I was in. Uh, if that kind of makes sense, that was that was more like home and more comforting to me than um, than sort of my normal life. So is that an experience um, you have when you were like lying in bed ready to go to sleep, or in it's... It just it was sometimes it was, but but often it was it was a very different. Um, you know, my earliest memory, I was wide awake. Um, it wasn't it it wasn't at night time. But um, but I never spoke about it. It wasn't like 
there was, you know, a long family line of, of people doing that type of thing. I, I've always been the black sheep somewhat, I guess. <laughs> um, but I, so I never spoke about it. And, and I began, as I got to be a teenager, I started to share things because I guess as teenagers, everybody is exploring lots of different things, you know, we're all trying to find our way. And, um, the response was divided and I very much paid attention to the people that gave me the negative response. And so I kind of, um, I shut down and I, I didn't, I just didn't share stuff really anymore. So I literally had a handful of, of very close friends that knew some of the things that I was able to do. Um, and, and then in my early twenties, I became very busy being a mother. Um, by the age of 25, I'd lost both my parents to cancer. Um, and I had been throughout my sort of childhood and early adulthood, I'd had, you know, some, um, pretty upsetting experiences, some trauma, some abuse, things like that. Um, and so I had a lot of healing of my own to do as well as being busy, being a mother. And so there was a plenty to distract me and it became very easy to bury my abilities and not think about them. And it wasn't until my son got to high school and as soon as he started to become much more independent, it was like the volume got turned up on my abilities to a point where I wasn't able to sleep. I couldn't watch the news. Um, it was uh, it was as if it had been kind of I don't know unleashed. I guess I don't know. Um, it and I I knew it. It took me a it took me a very long time to actually um, find the courage to find my own way with it to take control. Um, and be brave enough to, to kind of say, okay, I know that this is what I can do, but I also know this is not, you know, this, this, and this is not how I want to do it because I was terrified. It feels incredibly vulnerable to speak about what I do other than with the people that I'm working with, <laughs> obviously, but you know, with the, with the greatest risks come the greatest rewards. And for me, there is a sense when I'm, when I am able to be completely myself around people, that's where I found my biggest freedom, um, that I had actually never, never, ever experienced before until I began sharing what it is that I do. So, huh. It's so interesting. Um, so you, I love it. You started off by saying that you chose this, but it sounds like you were chosen um, very early on. And what you chose was to almost accept that this was a path that could be for you. Um, was that a, a one day you just were like, okay, I'm going to do this? Or was that over time? Or how did that happen? I think, I, I, yes, there was, there was a point where I, I said, okay, um, 
if this is what I'm going to do. Um, I actually, it wasn't so much of me accepting. It was me kind of, I guess, um, bargaining a little bit with the, with the powers that be, um, you know, that if this is what I was going to do, then there were, there were strict conditions that would come with it that I would not have to, you know, that I would feel very protected and, um, and that there wasn't, I would be very guided through it and that I wouldn't have to do, um, I'm a very efficient person in the way that I work. And so I want things to be fairly quick and I didn't want to be having to every single time go through big rituals or anything like that with it. So I was like, let's make, if this, if I'm doing this, then let's make it good and let's make it efficient and let's, let's kind of do it that way. But, um, but I think like all choices that we make, it's never, you never make that choice once you have to keep on making that choice because, um, every single time you're, you're going to be afraid every single time that you come up to that thing that you're choosing to do, you're still going to feel afraid. So it does take, I think it surprised me at how much courage it actually takes (laughs) to keep on doing it. There was a very, very long time when I um, began doing my sessions in the way that I'm doing them that I, I would tell myself if, if this person says to me, no, that doesn't ring true or I don't feel that doesn't sound like them at all or, you know, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me, that I wouldn't have to do it anymore. And um, it never did because it always it works. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it took me a while to it took me a while to accept that. It took me a while to accept that because I each time I would brace myself and say this will be the one. Well, I was looking at the testimonials on your website, and I mean there are just so many stories of how you've helped people by either bringing them comfort or telling them something that they had a question about or even just it feels like they had one more chance to even though they're not speaking they're not involved in the session they had one more chance to say I'm thinking about you that whatever you know whatever it was and also with with where you connect with somebody's own soul and it's feels like almost you give them confidence in what they know like that you're saying you have the answers but it's kind of Mm -hmm. a verification of that because it's coming from this source which is outside of themselves through you, but it's of course inside of themselves all along. It's it's really really special. And um, first, for, for it, it's also something that's I think very difficult to pinpoint exactly what it is. You're going to kind of talk around it, but I think the best way of helping people understand what it is is to share maybe a couple of examples of what you get shown if you are happy to do that. Obviously, um, yeah, quite yeah, general. But, I'm... Yeah, I mean, I can. I'm. I am very protective, of course, over um, my clients' privacy, and and in particular, just because I I I feel very much a responsibility that that this is. I don't take what I do lightly at all. Um, I am very very protective over it, and that's why there's no 
names on the testimonials. I'm, I don't, I don't have anything to prove to anybody else. I have had to prove myself to myself and I've been my biggest critic as you can, (laughs) as you can probably tell wanting to kind of hide away from it for a long time. But, um, that sense of protectiveness and responsibility is I'm sure part of the reason why you have been chosen to do this work. It's so, so important. Yes. Yeah, perhaps I think. Um, so sharing a couple of things, um, well, one of the, there's one that, that very much will always stand out for me because it was just, it was um, unexpected and, and just very sweet, um, but also um, meant an awful lot to the person. And it was um, somebody had come to me with um, mainly relationship um, kind of questions um, and also wanting to make sure that, that their children were doing okay with some of the things that were going on. And so that's that's what the, the sort of general questions were about. And when I connected with this person's soul, um, you know, I obviously have all my own expectations before a session begins that I have to move to the side. Um, but as I connected with this woman, immediately... Uh, I could see a couple of dogs that I knew that were living that was sort of around her. But then this beautiful golden retriever appeared, uh, a female, and she was showing me how she was walking to heal, like very, very closely with this woman as she walked around her home Um, and was obviously very insistent on, on making that known because she came immediately as I, as I connected. So obviously I'm kind of thinking, well, that's nothing to do with, (laughs) with what she's been asking about. There's been no mention of a dog. Do I really have to talk about a dog now? And so when I spoke to the lady and I shared that, um, because I try to share things in the order that it shared with me. So I said, I connected with you. Um, and there was immediately a dog and I, I said, I, I sort of described what it was doing. Um, and she started, she started to tear up and she said to me that she had been an only child growing up, but had had a dog, a golden retriever, a female that was like her sibling. And, and so, um, when the dog had passed away, when she was a teenager, she said it was something that she has always wondered whether she would be with the dog again, whether the dog was around. And she's always sensed that big sense of loss, like you would with something that you were so close to in your childhood. Um, so that was, that was very heartwarming. And, and I think for anybody that has, um, pets that they love and that type of thing, I think it, it, it gives an even, um, a greater example of not just that they're sitting waiting for you, mm. you know, that that they're still, often they're still around, you know. Yeah, that's so lovely. I remember um, when we had our session and, and I was asking questions about people who are here alive now, not people who've passed, and I was specifically asking about my family. And you told me things about my, the kind of dynamic of our family, which was so spot on, it kind of gave me chills. And also 
so insightful that it it changed the way that I have conversations and um, look at certain behaviour and in in my children and and think oh okay that makes sense because of of this and deal with things in a different way and I have to say it's been easier um, I mean it, I have lovely children and I've not had like a really hard time but you know they all have their their moments yeah. and it just made complete sense as to what was going on um, and. I I really could not believe it that you didn't know my children already um, in what you were saying. Yeah, it's actually far easier for me to not know anything at all about the person. It's much easier because I have then I, I have less of my own stuff to move out of the way. And most of the sessions that I do are with people I, you know, I I have no connection to. I don't know them. I, have, I know nothing about them. I usually... Um, you know, I ask for just a first name. That's all I need. Sometimes people will send more information, but I don't. I don't need any of that. It's. It's. I like to have a first name just so I have something to call somebody, <laughs> other than, um, you know, mom or that type of thing. Um, but yeah, it just. I. I don't know how it works or why it works, but. Um, Definitely children is one of the most interesting because and and it is very, very rewarding to to be able to help a family um, view something from their child's perspective, because we all have a unique perspective on this world. It's it's like a lot of times people will ask me, what is it like on the other side? Well, honestly, I I don't know. I only know the the perspectives of those that have shared with me. And so the analogy that I like to use is, you know, there's seven and a half billion people living on this planet. And if you asked each of them to describe what life was like on this earth, you would get seven and a half billion different responses. And it's, it's, you know, and some of them would be really quite different from each other to, to the point that you would think, are they even in the same place? And if in my experience, it's very similar, um, as the journey continues on for people, it's very unique. It's incredibly unique. I actually can't emphasize how unique it is enough. Um, but it's, and it's their own perspective of things too. And so when a child shares something with me, um, it can be very beneficial for the whole family, for them to understand this is, this is what this child is actually experiencing in this world. Because we, I think that often we forget, particularly if you are looking at a lot of spiritual sort of things, um, that we forget that this is a physical experience and it's not easy to navigate. We all need, we all need help. Yeah. And I think even at the very least to remind yourself to look at the world through their eyes every now and then, um, you know, that, that alone without any of the other information is, is really helpful. I think in parenting, I really loved it. Um, and I couldn't recommend it enough. But I know that some of the experiences that people have, like you say, are very emotional. Um, I'm interested to know how you kind of take care of yourself 
when you're in in any kind of healing or caring profession and there's a lot of emotion around you it's it's a big thing isn't it it is it is i think i think one of the things that has definitely helped me is that i you know as i said earlier i had a lot of healing of my own to do um which i dragged myself through kicking and screaming doing you know it 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 took a long time there was a lot of a lot of um heartbreak um and a lot of hurt and it took a very long time to work through that um and was that consistent choice again you know each day you you kind of have to choose do i want to um sit down and and really get to grips with getting rid of some of this junk and so that definitely um has helped me because i think that if i was if I was feeling overwhelmed in my own life and didn't have the tools to be able to manage a lot of my own things, then I really don't think I would be able to. And I don't think I would be in a position really to be able to help other people if I hadn't actually, you know, hacked out that path for myself. Mm. Um, But I think as far as the things that I do on a daily basis, very much get outside. It's very important for me to be, you know, out in in nature. I try and walk every morning with my husband before the sun gets up. We go and um, hike around. There's a beautiful park near us, and we'll go and hike around there. And just very much reminding myself of what is real here, and and what is man-made kind of junk. And trying to kind of limit <laughs> limit the junk, and and doing and doing a lot more of of the good stuff, and I think my biggest well, like I said, I do I do a lot of ongoing kind of healing for myself. So whenever something comes up, I try to be I'm a naturally efficient person, so I try and get that stuff cleared up. I really don't like to you know, go to bed on, on an argument or any of those kind of things. That's, I like to move through things fairly quickly. Um, but I really, I really like to do, I don't do a lot of meditation-y type things as such. What I, what I do lose myself in is art journaling and going and getting, uh, an old piece of furniture and transforming it with Annie Sloan chalk paint that I have a real addiction to. <laughs> but those are the things that are incredibly satisfying and and very soothing to, to my soul personally. Mm-hmm. And from all the things that you've been shown and also really learned about yourself, I guess, through the process of having this as your career, what are the most important life lessons you think um, that you've picked up that you can share? I think never give up, never give up. There have been, um, there have been a couple of points in my life where, um, where I could completely understand why somebody would want to opt out um, there's been some really difficult times like that, but, but I have to say, if you can find the strength to take one more step, 
just one more time and keep choosing that even when you feel like you're at the bottom of the pit. Do it for yourself because because getting through that pain um, and that heartache or the overwhelm is where you'll really find yourself. You really, you know, you'll find the best of yourself. It's such an important learning. Oh, it's, it's so fascinating talking to you, Marianne, and I could go on all day. But um, before we finish, I'd love to ask you uh, one last question, which is what does freedom mean to you? I think freedom, if you'd have asked me that um, a decade ago, I would have given you a very different answer. It would have been very much something that was happening outside of myself. Um, But freedom very, very much for me is being able to completely be myself, to completely show up with all of myself and not keep that biggest part of myself hidden away anymore. That, you know, being being true to who I am is, is freedom for me. That was the most freeing experience for me. That's exactly what you've done today. Thank you so much for sharing your unique perspective on life. Uh, we really love talking to you. Thank you. I've loved it. Thank you. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to me, Beth Kempton, in conversation with Mary Ann Wagner. You can find out more about Mary Ann on her website, maryannwithanewagner.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll take what you've heard and use it to inspire your own journey of freedom seeking. I'd love to know what resonated with you and what bold moves you're making as a result. So please share on social media. I'm at Beth Kempton on Instagram or at Do What You Love XX everywhere else. And be sure to check out my website, bethkempton.com, for more tools and resources to support your adventures. If you haven't yet read my book, the full title is Freedom Seeker, Live More, Worry Less, Do What You Love. And it's published by Hay House. Treat yourself to a copy today. It might just change your life. So until next time, fly free, my friend. Fly free. Fly free.